Hello everyone. Hello ears. Hello your ears. Welcome to You're Going to Die the Podcast. Just back with another one here. Pumping out the eps. Pumping out the episodes. I think I'm just going to get into this one. I could talk about the dark parts of existence, how I woke up in the night and felt confronted like a young child with my own inevitable demise of old familiar feeling I have from nighttime. I could talk about my inclination for stressful dreams and the anxiety that I've been feeling all day. I could talk about all that. I could talk about that I've been feeling like coupling those dark parts that I'm honoring. I honor those parts of who I am, wherever they're from, genetically, are they from some past life? Do they come from my ma and pa and how they raised me or didn't or didn't? Is that where it's from? Being around that anxiety and depression and anger? I could talk about all that. I could then, though, also mention I just feel like putting a little more effort into the lighter parts it's not a new feeling, <laughs> that inclination, but more gratitude journals, more letter writing, more listening to music and considering projects and drawing, writing down curiosity lists, things I want to try out once a week, something new I've never done. I feel like it's definitely the opposite of those other parts of me considering these new things. And I could talk about all that. Did I just do it? I've already, I've already talked about it. It felt good to get it out. And now we can move on because I want to acknowledge that I want to honor the dark parts and I want to consider the possibility, the powerful possibilities that lie ahead that are not stopped by anxiety and crippling existentialism, the malaise, the melancholia. Can I hold both? Can, can I hold both and still get this recording done? I think I can do it. It's already happening. It's amazing creating something out of nothing or something out of darkness. This is actually the perfect episode for me feeling all those things. I mean, any of these, it's called You're Going to Die the Podcast. Any of these episodes would be good for me feeling that way. I talk about it all the time, for God's sake. But this is a good episode for talking about creating something out of darkness. Because this episode's about my friend who does that. Yep. The first time I heard about Josiah Johnson was when I heard about the head and the heart. My cousins were visiting the Bay Area and we were driving around in the North Bay somewhere looking for a trail to hike. And they put on the head and the heart. And since then, 
some of their songs have been in rotation in my playlist. Some of my favorites, definitely a sound I really love. And jump to years later, I met Josiah Johnson, who at that point wasn't with the Head and the Heart anymore, and now has become not only one of my good friends, but definitely a staple of the Bay Area music scene, connected to almost everybody that I know and love and a part of their lives, not just because of music and projects and concerts, but because of his goodness and sweetness and generosity and his willingness to be here now. Josiah is a musician who early in his life had a large amount of success with that band, with the head and the heart. And since he came to success before he really knew what to do with it, he leaned on addiction for years. And that's some of what we'll talk about in the episode today with the constriction, pain and chaos that comes with it. And Josiah identifies though, as being stubborn And so he has persisted and grown and he's learned new ways to be himself that have come from places beyond his imagining. Josiah acknowledges that he is less experienced with death in the literal sense, but has been learning to make friends with it in other forms. And I appreciate that acknowledgement. It's come up with other guests on the podcast, but in the time I've been doing these shows, it's, it's a thing. You come to an event like you're going to die. And I think it's, it can be a little off putting to see so many people talking about the losses that they've incurred in their lifetime to see me up on stage crying about my mom or my mother-in-law and feel like, Oh, I'm feeling this and I'm moved and connected to it, but I don't have a version of that. And actually talked to Josiah about this, and I've I've mentioned it before. I think when I talked to John Elliott in his episode, it came up then too. But it's this idea that Josiah is another version of an artist who just because he hasn't been through death and loss and and had a friend or family member die, there's a way he uses his craft and music to tend to the harder parts of being mortal to the grief and the sadness and the sorrow and anyone to have a story like Josiah's and have lived through what he's lived through has plenty to talk about and write music about that helps us understand and learn new ways of being alive new ways of surviving and healing. And so Josiah isn't on this podcast for more reasons than is necessary. And that those reasons that are necessary are he's a dear friend. He's an incredible musician and he uses those ways of being in the world to take care of others and tend to others whether it be through his friendship showing up or through his music meeting, I'd say me, where we're at. The track we'll share at the end of this episode is a real good example of that. If you don't get what I'm talking about, you will stick around to listen to that. But for now, we'll start with my conversation with 
Josiah Johnson. Well, the first thing that that makes me think of like every time I think is my dad at church when I was a kid, people would ask him like, how are you doing? And he would just be like, live in the dream, buddy. Uh, <laughs> that was a line. And that was a line. Yeah. 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 Which like, you know, like I, like I, I could go either way on it and I don't totally know my dad well enough to know which one or like maybe it's both maybe it's some combination of both you know like whether it's my like cynical brain tells me that it's like I have to be doing good all of the time you know or like if I was doing bad I wouldn't tell you you know what I mean and like the part of me that like wants to resent my dad for not raising me perfectly and giving me every emotional tool that I ever needed to handle anything that I came across like wants to interpret it that way yes and then there's like the another part of me that like that like is curious about the possibility of it being more like like of course underneath whatever else I'm doing like like I have a job and I have a family that I love and I'm like here with you right now and that's great. <laughs> yeah, like he meant it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, not even like that he, like, checked in with himself, but just his, like, baseline, like, reminder to himself was, like, I am very, doing very well, you know? Yeah. Uh, I really, I really relate to that, both because I still, no person, let's see, I don't mean to say that people are an experiment, but there is this learning about who we are in the world that, could allow for us to go there in a moment like that. And and I think sometimes really see how worthwhile it is, but also maybe other times learn the wisdom to know where to take our stuff. I still love the startling moment of being with someone like a barista or a random person you happen to sit next to on an airplane and knowing you both needed to go there. Yeah. And that that yeah. trying it out sometimes and is a is a way of learning how to pay attention maybe more and more to when you need to and that it's okay. And that someday there's yeah. a, a grocer that you're going to come across that like needs you to say I just got out of rehab and that person's going to be like, "Wow, I haven't heard someone say something honest and real to me for, you know, all morning slash a yeah. year." You know. I don't know how much experience you have in jobs like that, but my work in the service industry, lots of years waiting tables, I do feel like there is a unique, particularly unique experience of having someone that you're taking care of in a context like that, like like maybe even a grocer's taking care of you and your the things you bought for your week. And to have that person say someone I'm serving be vulnerable and straight up when I walk up and I say how are you today it's an acknowledgement of my humanness not my job it's an acknowledgement of my yeah. humanness to have someone say I'm really having a hard time and I'm so glad to be here and get a meal and be taken care of and literally there's countless times where people responded like that and the invitation that is to me as a human not as a server but as a human to say oh Okay, 
I'll take care of you. Yeah. I can take care of you. Oh, wow. That's really wonderful. I guess, like, what I can tell from what I've, like, you know, friends that I've talked to and, I don't know, what I hear people talking about their experiences, you know, just that, like, needing to live in this different way is kind of making our brains go out on a limb, you know, like off our center, you know, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and I just like, am the same way. But one of the skills that I like have had to learn already was like what to do when your brain is out on a limb, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm. Uh, and like, I have like a really big support network for what to do when my brain is on a limb that I know yeah. I can talk about my brain being, being i don't know why i keep saying out on a limb i love it i love the visual uh, but yeah yeah that's great Uh, yeah i think it's just like i i i I think like up until i was 30 i didn't really have it established with like anyone that like that i could talk about feeling you know really crazy or self-destructive or uh what happened then? Uh, um, you know, just like having drug addiction and going to rehab and in and um, when you were thirty, that's when that all started. It was like to... twenty nine to thirty, I think, was like when that. I guess like thirty, yeah, thirty, thirty one, thirty six. Now is like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I was, I like always, I had always drank too much and then i did did uh i did crystal meth um one time when i was in in la and then that was just like the most magical thing i had ever felt in my life and and then it was just really anytime i was feeling really terrible it was just the thing that i needed to feel unterrible and it's like a really powerful spirit um that you know is like a really big boost and just like a really hollow cavern afterwards uh and um yeah i don't remember um but but i think it it played on my i i I didn't like seek it out it was like very outside of my wheelhouse it kind of like happened randomly and so it played on my my shame and my otherness because i was just like no one that i know has this experience I cannot talk to anyone about this. No one can find out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so then I got no support around that I now had cravings for this crazy drug, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so then without like support, I, I feel like I don't see many behaviors, ingrained behaviors change without, you know, like someone, some outside help. Um, and so anyways, so, and I also had, you know, there were a lot of things like driving addiction, you know, like confusion around my sexuality. I like identify as queer now, but I was raised pretty like heteronormative uh, Christian and uh, didn't have a lot of like community role models for any sort of alternatives. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and it was very uh, it was very other, I guess, and so. So, and 
like had a, had like a huge had a huge just like shame you know like if you knew me you would not like what you found kind of thing and so it just became kind of like that same like how are you doing like I just got out of rehab and I got out of, you know just went to the doctor and got terrible news and the checkers like this is too much for me uh, <laughs> I like there was just also a period where I just like started to find my people like it was like really important for me it's like to take contrary action to shame which was like shedding light on it you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I did it like really clumsily um because I had no idea how to do it, but I just like told every, like I told everyone, like mm-hmm. all of my story, you know, like <laughs> mm-hmm. I like told people, you know, like told friends that I was just meeting in the Bay Area, like, um, you know, like I, you know, struggle with drug addiction and I like have like had, you know, like so like I'm trying to stop having like compulsive sexual encounters and, you know, like. I ha- you know have like chronic illnesses as a result of my drug addiction and you know just like all of this stuff that like growing up was not something to talk about right and the pendulum and I like just you like yeah. I just like but it was really important to I mm-hmm. feel really positively about doing that because I was just like I need a community where I know that like I'm safe with all of me and I just like did that I like met random people and some of them I never saw again and some of them are now my best friends you know like yeah. I made I made like my best friends of my life in my 30s which seems insane to me you know like it's, yeah um but like it's been really incredible to just go like if I'm going to survive I need like a whole slew of people um, that know that I don't feel like I have to hide anything from. And so I just like went around. (laughs) (laughs) Do you um, feel, I just feel so much like gratitude and like pride, I guess is the word, uh, proud of you for like just doing it. Do you feel that or, or do you really like own that? You just did that. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it, it's taken me a long time to like get, st- you know, stable. You know, like we had conversations when I was in the middle of that. When it took me like five years of trying to get one year sober, um, and though you know, I would think that I was doing great and I'd like have responsibilities and commitments to people, and then I'd relapse and I'd like welch on on that and you know, try my best to make it right. And, you know, just was, you know, you, you know, my, my story, mm-hmm. but it was like a very disappoint. It was disappointing to experience like how, how hopeful I was and how powerless I was and like how I didn't have an answer mm-hmm. for like when the change would come that was significant, you know, mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I really wanted to be counted on. You know, I didn't Yeah. like, I think in your, like in when I'm like really in my addiction, I don't want, I don't want to have any responsibilities to anyone because that just keeps me from, from being free to like go and self-destruct, you know, mm-hmm. but like Josiah, like, like real Josiah that's like on, on fire, like wants to be counted on and wants to learn how to like hold those 
and like have those responsibilities and be someone that like shows up for the people that he loves. And it was like, I like had hope for that. And then I like kept, you know, disappointing my myself, you know, and that was like really, that was really, uh, yeah, that was really heartbreaking. Um, and you have to like contend with, you know, like that you cause real harm to people when you're in that. And, um, but yeah, I am so ultimately proud, you know, because like I was stubborn enough, <laughs> like I've been like really loving that like my like stubbornness has turned from like a point of shame, you know, like stubbornness and to not letting go of bad old behaviors that I don't want anymore to like stubborn stubbornness now means like, yeah. And I like didn't give up, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and I like didn't know how, how long it was going to take, but I like kept, kept trying. And it's like, I feel I still feel, you know, like I, there's like, there's like some, yeah, yeah. I feel it. My body is like vibrating right now. Just thinking about that, uh, like with, with like heavy feelings, thinking about, you know, the, the, like the hard parts of, of getting that change to like take root, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I'm very, very, very proud. Yeah. You feel, you are feeling that physically really like you're having a physical kind of response to tapping into that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like really, it's really, um, powerful for me to say that like, I want to be counted on that. I like want to be responsible to other people that I like want to show up to people that I love. I think it like really runs counter to like who I thought I was. I thought I remember, um, this is just, this is funny that I'm bringing it up this late, but I have, I have HIV, um, that I got as a result of like the, like, um, that I got when I was like out in my addiction. And the, when I found out someone called me on the phone and, and, told me and like the first question that I asked was like will I be able to have kids Hmm. um and they they said yes they said you know there's like um there's like a very there's like very good medicine that like it can suppress the the HIV in your system and like it won't pass into like any kids that you have and Mm -hmm. I just um I just remember it was weird because that that was the first question that I asked because like all of my like adult life I had just like been operating on the assumption that like I would never have kids because like I couldn't be responsible for them you know it's just I knew somehow that like the way I was living was not (laughs) what a father (laughs) you know (laughs) like I'd have to be a different person in order to be a father (laughs) yes yes um and 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 i just kind of like assumed like accepted that i like accepted that i thought that i couldn't grow into that person mm, mm-hmm. and 
And so it was like really wild to me to watch myself go like, can I still have kids? Because I think that was like a sign to myself that like somewhere inside of myself, I like really wanted that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I had just like told myself that it wasn't possible because I didn't know how to grow into a person that could could do that well, you know, mm-hmm. or I thought I didn't know how to. So it's like really powerful to say, like, I want to be responsible and I want to show up for people that I love and I want to be able to hold those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like very nice to say. That question is such a an asking for the future so so uniquely. Like even aside from whether or not you do. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it is such a... It's like you could have you could have been asking like, do I have a future? <laughs> yeah, like a version of that, of that person who yeah. called you. That's that's very wild. Yeah. Yeah, I. The there's like uh, I have one of those, um, the guy that stands outside of the ferry building in San Francisco with like drift pieces of driftwood that have uh yes i know this stand you know the like wood uh, burning quotes on them yes. i have one that i have one that is prominently displayed in my house that says uh, like hope will never be silent that's like a i think harvey milk mm. said it uh mm-hmm. or it is attributed to harvey milk in my mm. on my uh seared wood um yes and i like that that that's what that reminds me of i love the idea that i for a moment i thought you're gonna be like so i have this piece of wood that says i can have children and it's hanging <laughs> in my <laughs> <laughs> that's good. still got it <laughs> still got it <laughs> that's great <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Ned, here to say a few words about our sponsor, Curacao Chocolate. That's right. If you want to do the easiest thing, just go to curacaochocolate.com. It's C-O-R-A-C-A-O chocolate.com. And go there and have your mind blown by your options. Put all your favorites in the cart. And then apply our special secret code, CHOCOLATE20. The word chocolate, the number two, and the number zero and you'll get 20% off of everything that you buy. So go do that. You deserve the chocolate. Go get it. And you're making a little vote for the podcast, supporting us by supporting Curacao. And we are proud to have them as our sponsors. They're a great company doing really yummy work in the world of chocolate. Their mission is a fun one. They create healthier, nourishing takes on your favorite classic chocolates that not only taste better, but leave you feeling great long after. And it's totally true because several weeks ago, they sent me a bunch of samples and I ate them all immediately. I probably should have spread them out over the many weeks of producing these podcasts, but I couldn't help myself and I ate them all. But because they were so good... They've left me feeling great now. So I'm actually talking from my tummy memory, my memory that my tummy holds dear, how good it was to eat all that chocolate. 
Curacao was founded in 2008 with the goal of making decadent, insanely delicious chocolate for people with sensitivities to gluten, dairy, peanut, soy, and refined sugar. And they create chocolates for health-conscious foodies who want to have the best of both worlds. So go to the website, curacaochocolate.com. Check out their bars, their truffles, their candies, their custom collections. Also check out their line of drinking chocolates, Kokoko. I can't say enough about them. If you want to hear me salivate about that drinking chocolate, check out the last episode. But right now, I want to talk about their spring gifts. They have a bunch of spring chocolate boxes, six-piece boxes, 19-piece boxes. They have chocolate bunnies. They have little eggs. They have a 12-egg carton of chocolate eggs and a bunny, like packages of yummy spring. If you want Easter themes, they got it. Go check it out. They've got a wide variety of options. And my experience is that they sell out of these things so fast. Go to curacaochocolate.com, C-O-R-A-C-A-O, chocolate.com. And remember to use our code when you make your purchase, chocolate20. That's C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-E-2-0. And get 20% off of everything that you buy. Remember, you deserve it. They deserve it. And by getting what you want from them, you support us. I mean, how many people do you need to gain from something? Just go and go now. I think you've noticed if you've been listening to the show, we're having these moments where we get to kind of drop in together. I wonder how it's feeling. You should jump on Apple Podcasts if you use Apple Podcasts. But also if you don't, you can go and make a little account and leave a review. Let us know what the shows are like and let us know if you like these little moments in the middle of the shows where we kind of drop in and play a little atmospheric background sound with Nick Jana's music I love these moments and this moment today is special because I'm sharing some sounds of a person who I care about a great deal Rachel Garcia sent us over some recordings taken in the last month in Muir Beach That's West Marin, north of San Francisco. And they were taken with Rachel and her girlfriend, Carly, next to her. And just listening to the sounds of a space like that, a place that I've been to, but that I haven't been to much during the pandemic, to have a chance and go visit, almost as if I'm the ears of of Rachel, like getting to like hear the sounds that held her when she recorded this to transport to that place. When she sent us the recordings of these sounds, she sent us some words and I want to read those. We spend our time outside watching red tail hawks circle overhead. We roast marshmallows on the beach. We play paddle ball and catch. We play and laugh and fall in love. And even as I'm falling in love with her, I'm feeling her fall away from me. I know for certain that this will change and that at some point we will lose each other. I'm aware of the end even as we are just beginning. I'm missing her and she's standing right next to me. This precious whole light-filled being I know we will only pass by this way one time together. There's a Buddhist sutta called
called the Five Remembrances. They read, I am of the nature to age. I have not gone beyond aging. I am of the nature to sicken. I have not gone beyond sickness. I am subjected to the results of my own actions and I am not free from these karmic effects. I am of the nature to die. I have not gone beyond dying. All that is mine, beloved and pleasing, will change, will become otherwise, will become separated from me. The last one, all that is mine, beloved and pleasing will change, will become otherwise, will become separated from me. This unbelievable idea is with me everywhere we go. It's already ending. We're already apart. I have died. She has died. I'm already kissing her for the last time. There's nothing we can do but know this and carry on. These are sounds I hear in the beginning. And I'm just glad to share these sounds with you. So what I want to, I want to ask you, I want to kind of ask you to tell me the, tell me about the two wolves. I want you to tell me the story of the wolves. Like I've never heard the story of the wolves. And then I want you to tell, and you can do this kind of interwoven together or tell the story of the wolves and then tell me how it relates to your life, however you want. But I do want to make time for that and what that means to you now. And, And then I have other thoughts as you share that I'll throw out. Okay. Well, um, so the story of the two wolves involves sitting in a room with like 20 other, 20 other addicts, um, at a rehab center and rehab is, is, is funny in the sense that like you can't get you, I mean, you can, I'm sure you can, but the idea is being like you, it's removing you from real life so that you have time to kind of like dry out or you're, you know what I mean like get a little distance from your destructive patterns um but it's really like it's just learning you know like the you like the test is if you can like you don't want to live in rehab for the rest of your life you're gonna have to go back into your life and do and do life so I think like I remember going to rehab and thinking that I would just like learn things that would cure me or that I'd be like aha I get it now like I will never need to do uh drugs again which you know is just not my not been my experience there was no silver bullet or anything Mm -hmm. but um 
so in that context of like trying to figure out what's the thing that will make it so that this is possible for me um i remember uh someone in some seminar talking about like there's a they use like the they use like the the light wolf and the dark wolf which feels like vaguely racist coding so yes that's just like acknowledge that that is like built un- into so many things but we'll just say two wolves there's the wolf that you are struggling with and the wolf that you like want to win out uh are going to fight are like in a battle and like which one will win which like totally feels like is like am i going to go down the tubes or am i going to like prevail over this uh in that moment and you're like waiting for the for the like trick and there it was just like the one that you feed mm-hmm. <laughs> is the answer um mm-hmm. which is like very and it's just it's just like the one that you put energy towards you know and the the like where what i get from that is just is is like is that if you're focused on like what's wrong and trying to solve what's wrong you're still putting energy towards what's wrong and like what you actually want to do is stop living over there with that problem and feeding all of your energy into like how do i solve what's wrong and start feeding your energy towards like where do i want to go like what is the solution to you know like what what is the wisdom you know like away from that and like putting your energy towards that um and it's like very unsatisfying because it just means you just have to do that (laughs) all the time you know like you just have to consistently like not do what you're trained to do which is like focus on what hurts and like go towards you know you know in that in that context of addiction you like can't keep just like feeling sorry for yourself and keep trying to like understand it as if you understand it better it will go away you just have to go like what's a what's a new way of living and you just have to put there's a lot of like acting as if i feel like with with creativity if i think i'm i, I like i find myself going like okay if I just, if I just like learn the right stuff, then I'll feel like I'm worth something as an artist or something like that, as opposed to just going like, what if there's just a different story? Like, what if I am an artist already and I just like live in that world instead of live in the world where I have to like become something to be the person that I, I don't know. I like find that like, if there's that unsolvable problem that you keep spiraling the drain around, there's like something to me of just, of of not trying to solve that unsolvable thing. Yeah. I, um, what do you, do you, do you relate to that? I feel, I feel. Yeah. I love, I love that. I love the two wolves. It's funny what, what, what's sticking out for me and and maybe this is just because of well it is because of my personal experience especially today i had this moment of and i'm thinking about these parts of me these days let's say like the dark parts and the lighter parts or the heavier you know like heartbroken parts and the healing opening parts that are like looking for possibility and inspiration and 
and I had this moment this morning kind of doing a little journaling feeling like writing my gratitude down, you know, like writing, writing out my gratitude praises and writing about the possibility and thinking about you actually and, and our time that we were going to share here today. And, and then I had this moment in the midst of that writing where I was like, I wanted to welcome in the, the wolf that's like hurting. And, uh, not give it a lot of time, but give it a little something just to be like, you can be here. Uh, I can take care of you. And so I wondered for you, if the wolf is still around and if the wolf is still around, is there ways you're able to take care of it? And so that maybe it isn't a, not that the story ends where the wolf necessarily they're fighting and one dies. Like maybe there's yeah. a way that the wolf, the wolf's like finds a home, like the kid in me, let's say that yeah. is really hurt and throwing the tantrums still. And that kid getting told like, you can come sit here with me. It's okay. Yeah. That makes me think about, um, like when I, when I, when I get activated and I'll like, I'll watch myself go into an old pattern, which for me is like, try and like be perfect to like control the outcome or like spiral around worrying about how something is going to go. Um, and a thing that like I've noticed for myself is like a lot of those patterns, you know, like now when I see myself spiraling and trying to solve an unsolvable thing that like I really just need to be with then accept I go like oh you're you're th like 14 and you're walking around the park trying to like mm. solve the quadratic formula in your head <laughs> you know <laughs> and like that worked yes, really yes. well when you were 14 and you were trying totally. to solve the quadratic formula in your head yes and and there's like a and you, that worked really well for that. And then you thought that you could do that anytime you felt any uncertainty, like you went back to that, to that mm. thing. Right. And I go That's back to those, those things. Like yeah. that was not like that. Like, I think it's been really helpful to go like that wolf, whatever. I is just like an old pattern that like, mm was the best thing that I knew how to do in that moment. Mm -hmm. And as I get a little like space and a little distance and a little like awareness of like, once I start, you know, I like notice all these things. Cause at first there was pain at first. I like kept making the same mistakes and I thought that was my only option. And then I start to go like, wow, I'm making all these mistakes. Like, is it possible that I can, you know, stop doing drugs, you know, or like stop shutting down anytime someone wants to be close to me or stop being defensive anytime I'm having a like challenging conversation with my partner, you know, or like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, it's instead of going, I think Chelsea actually was the first person that told me this, like, 
was the first one that showed me this way of thinking of just like, oh no, that's not a bad thing. Like right now it's out of control for you, you know, that habit that like, but like when you first formed it, like that wasn't out of, con- it wasn't out of control. Right. It was like yeah, very useful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and it just doesn't work anymore. It does, doesn't work in this situation. And there can be like another part of me, the like guardian overlord parent part of my brain mm-hmm. can go like, I see you wolf, uh, like old pattern that isn't necessarily serving you anymore. And mm-hmm. yeah, like, thanks for your input. We really appreciate that you care about the situation and <laughs> yeah. we love your enthusiasm. <laughs> but I think this other guy over here has some skills that are going to help us out more. Yes, right. And yeah. so we're going to go with them instead. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so you can just like go have a tea and like take a sauna. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, that's like, that's my, that's my, like that, the, the wolf that I don't want to win really just like needs a tea and a sauna and, and we Mm -hmm. don't need too much more, Mm -hmm. too much more from them at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's my, that's my favorite now, which like takes a long time because it takes a long time to like see, to notice, you know? Yes. With the more subtle things. But, yeah. I just imagine like when this first myth or fable of the two wolves was told and now we, moving forward we can talk about how that one wolf, the heartbroken, struggling wolf from the old pattern world, yeah, just needed to go over in the snow <laughs> and just have the sauna and a tea and the yeah. other wolf is just going to help take care of it. You're good. Yeah. I'm going to take care of everything though moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. We'd like literally go to a farm upstate. <laughs> yes. Just, just that 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 other wolf is just hanging out at Sierraville for real actions to take. Actually, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're you're describing what I bet you do for yourself sometimes. All yeah, all the tea. time. Don't even think about it all 
So that was Josiah Johnson's Rise Up. You should absolutely check out his album. It's his solo album, Everything Feeling on a Loop. And you can go to his website, josiahsjohnsons.com. So it's Josiah, I'm not going to do it. I I was just already saying I wasn't going to spell out his website. And then I started to spell it out, but I'll put it in the liner notes. But he also asked that you share that album and invite people to listen to it and pass it along. That kind of word of mouth magic. And Josiah is asking that donations can also be made to the SF AIDS Foundation, who have mad, amazing resources for people all along the addiction spectrum. I was riding my bike through Golden Gate Park the other day, meeting a friend. And that song came on and I'd only gotten about a minute or two into it. And I saw my friend, they saw me and I couldn't stop to see to see him though. I had to just keep going and let the whole song finish. It was one of those songs to me. So it was real easy to choose that to share with you. So Nick Jaina, producer, sound engineer, soundscaper extraordinaire how are you good you've taken me out of my little plastic box and turned me on (laughs) hello i did a total mute control and then i was like (laughs) all right you are allowed to speak no that's not how we work how you feeling buddy i'm good i was thinking of josiah his songwriting you know as as a songwriter myself i'm so amazed by songwriters who can just say exactly what they're emotionally processing in the most direct language and just beam it straight into your heart. I'm always turning into, I'm not saying this is good or bad. I just, I'm always turning to metaphor and clever rhyme schemes and all these things that like turn it and twist it. You know, I could never really fully say what a song is completely about. It's always about a bunch of stuff mushed together. Um, And to just have, you know, uh, my wife and your friend Chelsea is a songwriter like that. That's just like, 
boom, here's yeah. what I'm processing right now. And it's yeah. real. And here it is. You know, I'm like, yeah, if the lyrics are written out. It's like, what there. an approach. I try that and I just cannot do it. Oh, you have, you have tried it. It, it just doesn't, doesn't work. work. I just, I don't know. I'll keep well, I wonder, I wonder if it's a bit like the writer in you that's good at not doing that. Your job as a writer, at least in the way I read your writing, and when I read Hitomi, I feel this thoughtfulness or inclination to your writing, which is you're not trying to explicitly say anything. You're trying to tell a story <laughs> that lets people kind of get what they're going to get. And we've talked about that before, what it means to get to a book. Like, okay, I want to say something, but you know, you're not really wanting to say something directly. You maybe want to be more sneaky about it. And maybe your songwriting works the same way. Yeah. It's like the raccoon trap of, of writing. It's like, just come try these little treats, you know, come around, you know, have you, uh, I gotcha. Have you set a lot of (laughs) raccoon traps? I don't even know that was a specific trap. I don't know. I was trying to think of a specific animal. I was going to say bear, but I'm not hunting bears. Yeah, no, I but think like, I'd rather be a raccoon than a rat. So thanks for inviting people trap. in. Uh, yeah, inviting people into something without them totally knowing what's going on, and then they're there. And I'm not. I'm not going to hurt them. I'm going to, you know, get something <laughs> deep, <laughs> deeply emotional to them that way, as opposed to Josiah and Chelsea, who are just like, "Here's what I'm offering. Like, like if you don't like this, if you don't like this, you're not going to like what, anything that comes after this, you know? Yes. And I think there's a, a real confidence to that it, from the outside is just saying like, this is what I, this is the music I make. I'm always just sort of shifting. I'm like, well, it might change any second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. The direct approach as opposed to the sneakier approach. I like both versions because I love your music as much for that kind of, oh, the dawning on me after 30 listens to a song where you're like, oh, oh, I didn't, you know, you didn't catch it at first. Yeah. And maybe the the the, ra- the raccoon trap <laughs> is that the, the sound even holds you before you mm-hmm. quite get to the meaning of the lyrics or what the mm-hmm. lyrics might ha- be holding or getting at. I like that kind of music too a lot. Mm-hmm. But I get that, right? Josiah's music, it is that direct. And boy, it, it just hits me right in the chest. It's such a good album. Yeah. Hey, Ned, uh, guess what people can do to help support this podcast? I, I absolutely have no idea. Tell me. You should know. Um, I'm sorry. Because I'm you told me. With, I'm buried with podcast production. <laughs> You're buried under a pillow, it looks like right now. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I'm going to give you three ways. Uh, I'm going to give our listeners three ways. Okay, I'll go write to them now. I'm going to write them You down. can go to, no, no, you, I think you know them. Okay. You can go to the Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash YG2D. You can give what a dollar two dollars five dollars think of no all less, the times no you used to go out dollar. for coffee back in the, the olden days you're not going out for coffee anymore what about those those five dollars that you used to just mm-hmm. throw away on coffee support a podcast that builds community and and uh, uh helps the healing process around death yeah just that's saying. great thing two to do tell one friend text a friend here's the template dear uh, blank. Uh, that's the friend's name. Um, how is blank? That's their spouse's name. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They both are named blank. That's crazy. Can you give a extra scratch behind the ear to blank? Uh, pet's name. Uh, I th- remember that conversation we had back in blank, uh, you know, Whoa. year when you blank. had a conversation. <laughs> There's a lot of blanks blank. are usually people Sorry. and animals. I've been playing that? Mad Libs with my stepson oh, yeah. lately. Really into it. <laughs> 
remember that conversation we had back years ago about death and we were like god i wish there was a better place to have this conversation and process all this grieving that we've been going through well mm -hmm. check out this podcast episode from you're gonna die the podcast i think you blank would love it because i blank <laughs> <laughs> know you and care God, about this you is a deeply. long text i what i i just want to add <laughs> i just want to add as if more needs to be added uh, you've said before nick that the and you reminded me of this the only way i've really started listening to any podcast almost quite literally all the podcasts i've ever yeah. listened to getting a text because like someone that. shared a, a long long text <laughs> that included a reference to my pet yeah. um no but that someone recommended and yeah. so that's a good one for sure. Word of mouth. One person though. Some people say do five. I say do one because five sounds like a, a, a chore. You're like, oh, I'll get to it after laundry. One is you'll just do it because you're like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. And good point. We'll do the rest of the work from there. You get that one person to listen. We'll take over at that point. Right. Not sure what that means. Well, no, I mean then we'll start being the person in their like ear saying, "Hey, like I'm swooping in with <laughs> the SWAT team <laughs> in a way, like into their ears with the podcast." All right, thing three that you can do: uh, support uh, Coracao chocolate, the finest chocolate in mm -hmm. the land. Yeah, uh, I've eaten a lot of it because my wife works there, and I've actually had to take a month off from eating it because I was eating too much. Not that, it, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I'm a very sensitive person and I'm mm. just trying to see, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but <laughs> I'm just saying it's so good that I've eaten. I'm, I basically, Augustus glooped myself and I yes. just need to, um, up in the tube, chill out, you know? Yeah. That's not to good. say that I got fat at, at all. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just saying Jesus. the caffeine. Oh my Jesus. You just shut up. <laughs> Okay, from the top. Hey, Ned. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Nick? Um, I know some ways of supporting the uh, Just remember that if you're okay with all those things, uh, dealing with all those things, go to coracalchocolate.com. Make sure to use our, our discount code, chocolate20, chocolate20, and get 20% off. <laughs> oh, you could also write a, um, a review on Apple Podcasts, such as what... Yoshi B83 left a review. I have not heard this one. They wrote, subject, warm companionship. Mm. Ned holds such sweet, tender space for us listeners to witness his guests and his own process of being with the difficult experiences of life. A healing needed space for acknowledging what is, holding one another with kindness and care, and learning how to tend to the taboo topics of grief, loss, and death. Wow. Warm companionship. I, I love that. I love that. I didn't know that was out there and it was really nice to hear it from you first. Yeah. Just if you ever want any, anything read to you, just text messages or emails, just send them to me and I'll call you up and read them to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I will do that. Are we going to add that to the Patreon page? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I can do that. Listen, I want to say something about that. It's okay. complicated. Nick Whoa. has proven it. It's not exactly easy, uh, really, really easy to do. But if you just go in and take a little bit of time to come up with a unique handle. Well, wait, if you're first, oh, first oh. of all, oh. I couldn't even find the page where you do it. So just Google Apple Podcasts, you're going to die. And that'll get you there. Because I didn't do it on a website. 
Yeah, that's the only oh, so way I, I know. That how was to do the it. trick. See, the I, app I, is really, really easy. But I think when you go on have, online, yeah. <laughs> and and then changed iTunes. The, iTunes doesn't exist anymore, so you can't find it in there. Right. So yeah, you can just Google it. If you have the app, it's really, really easy. You just go into your app and guys just... don't get the app. <laughs> just Google it. <laughs> okay, okay. Or you can Google it, which I've never done. I'm gonna try that. <laughs> try that out. <laughs> Jesus, guys, you don't Are need another app. <laughs> Three easy things for everybody to do to support the podcast. They turned this off okay. about five minutes Go ago. HTTP colon. There's just all the ways to help. And we're just glad you're listening. Know that at a minimum that you're doing that means so much. We care about this a great deal and are real grateful to be able to be doing it together, Nick and I. And it is a new version of you're going to die that I can't imagine life without it. And know that no matter what we're going to keep doing it but it sure would be nice to get more help as we go along so just keep all those ways in mind of supporting you're going to die the podcast but most importantly thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time not that damn it i say i still say that every time we'll hear you next you'll hear <laughs> next time we'll hear you, <laughs> we'll hear you next time everyone <laughs> you'll hear us next time everybody Good night. I, I like the We're I like the, the the we'll do the rest slogan. Can you okay, work that in somehow? Yeah. You tune in. We'll do the rest. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do the rest. Bye bye. <laughs> There's got to be something oh. before that. Though. Oh, something makes sense. Okay. Bye. <laughs>